All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Pod Strickland. It is uh, a Sunday afternoon. Um, I'm joined as always by Brett and Jacob. Uh, today we're going to kind of be talking about some, some current events. We got the Las Vegas had recently said um, they might be able to support the playoffs and things like that. We're also going to get into a little bit of the Isaiah Thomas thing, talk about the, the dream team, which seemed to be a pretty big topic in the group. So enjoy, guys. Brett, Jacob, what's going on, guys? How you guys doing? Good, man. Good, yeah, good. Doing well. How's the weather over by you, Jacob? Is it still rainy? Uh, yeah, it's just gray, gray, raining for the next few days. But we had a great April, so I can't complain now. Can't complain, man. It is about 75 degrees here in uh, sunny Wisconsin. I'm drinking a Corona. I've been working out in the, in the yard all morning. Kind of just took a little hiatus because I knew we had this podcast to record, man. I'm super jacked, dude. How uh Brett, how, uh, how are you doing? You seem to uh, get everybody fired up a little bit in the group the uh, the last day or two. Oh, yeah, man. I got to gotta come in with a little bit of a, a spicy take every once in a while. But um, <laughs> no, I'm doing good, man. Um, <laughs> all is all is good out here. Um, still still just laying low. But the weather's the weather's been great, like even for San Diego <clears throat> lately. So I'm going to uh, try to try to get outside either later today or if not, um, definitely tomorrow. Um, take my take my son for for a walk or something just go run around but uh yeah all this all is good you know I like it I like it I like it so um I know we were kind of talking earlier we wanted to kind of do like a if their their season does come back we kind of think it's going to come back in the playoffs um, we kind of want to do a little a little playoff preview um kind of not necessarily say which team is going to win it all bucks and six or or anything like that <laughs> but just to kind of see like who would benefit from this wouldn't benefit from this layoff so um, a report came out um, within the last couple of days that Las Vegas had actually offered the NBA hey you know we'll you can use some of our hotels and you know we'll quarantine everything and you can use these courts and I mean I think we all know why Vegas is is probably doing it because they're losing a, a ton of money and they actually probably have the infrastructure and the the hotel rooms and everything like that to pull this off so it kind of got um, all three of us thinking you know who would benefit wouldn't benefit from this and I kind of just wanted to get Brett we'll start with you like kind of what are your thoughts by this what do you see who which team is going to benefit the most from this and which which team is probably going to benefit the least from this um I think the obvious one that that comes to mind uh is the Lakers just because you know this is this is a lot of extra rest for LeBron uh and also for AD you know AD's always got some kind of nagging injury I know he's had this shoulder thing he's kind of been dealing with all year so just having those guys fresh um, because that was kind of the big question mark with them it's like yeah they're awesome but um, if they're not 100% healthy in the playoffs or if one of those guys goes down all of a sudden they're they're in trouble so we've seen what a well-rested LeBron can do you know especially just even heading into this past season or I guess technically still this current season um, after not being in the playoffs the year before um, he looked like a different person. And if he's got a little, you know, three plus month break um, heading into the postseason, uh, he's going to be he's going to be awesome. Um, and then, yeah, AD to a lesser degree, too. So I think in terms of teams that benefit they're they're kind of an obvious choice and the first one to come to mind. But I think that's a very real thing to consider. Cool. I liked, I actually, um, I'll, I'll let Jacob chime in here because I'm curious to get his thought with the Lakers, but I actually am going to, I kind of disagree with that. Um, I think in theory it sounds good and I think it may be able to help AD and maybe it doesn't matter for LeBron, but I think, you know, we have to kind of remember LeBron's age. Obviously he's, I mean, he's, he's outlasting father time so far and we hope, um, at least for my sake, he can continue to do that because I, I love watching him play. But I would think that with the veterans, it would be a little bit harder because I think that some of them, some of them probably not saying LeBron's like this, but just veterans on other teams that they play themselves into shape as the season goes on. And I mean, it's going to be, if all the reports that we're kind of hearing are correct, I mean, it sounds like they're going to maybe, they maybe might be able to get two or three, maybe four, you know, kind of warm up games. And they're going right into the playoffs. And I, I find it, it, if LeBron, LeBron's the person that can overcome it, I'm not doubting him, but it, it seems to me that he, he kind of likes to play himself into a rhythm and it's going to be weird just seeing him all right here comes the playoffs go LeBron and I think there's going to be there you also have the uptake uptick of injuries that could happen you know I, I think of hamstrings I think of groins like 
just just things like that. So, Jacob, kind of kind of, what do you think about what Brett just said? Well, I actually I I side with Brett on this. I think that um, conventional wisdom would suggest that play that the older you are, the kind of the more you need to what's how to put it kind of just the engine doesn't need to stay revving. You can just kind of you can take rest you can take time off and be able to get back into the groove quicker than someone who may be kind of younger, more physically able, but at the same time, they don't have that muscle memory. They don't have that experience to know what process they need to go through to get themselves ready. And like we've seen this season, um, LeBron has his first um, summer off in a decade. He comes back and he's actually playing defense a bit again. He's actually, you know, he looks like, LeBron of a few years ago and so I think that it does side more with the older players who prefer that rest whereas you look at some younger teams like um, Boston or Philly and maybe they fall out of that groove a bit more than an older team like Houston or LA would that's kind of more my take and just looking at the um, the standings now and thinking about injuries I mean here's Three teams in the Eastern Conference. Indiana, the fifth seed, Oladipo is coming back. The Nets in the seventh seed could have Durant and Kyrie back. Orlando in the eighth seed could have Jonathan Isaac back, who may become a Defensive Player of the Year prospect once he gets healthy and starts really getting momentum again. So you just think in that side, it really makes the first round of playoffs, if they do go in eight-team playoffs, it makes the first round really dangerous for the top seeds. It, it does, and I don't – I mean, like I said, if there's anybody that can do it, like LeBron can do it, and I'm, I'm certainly not, not doubting him, nor would I be surprised if he could do it. But, I mean, I just go back to the, uh, the, the lockout season in 19, uh, the 1998-1999 season when um, the San Antonio Spurs won that, won that short season. And, obviously, it's a little different, but I do think there are some parallels. I mean, the Miami Heat were by far and away um, the, the best team – shouldn't say far and away, but they were the best team in the East. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure they were the number one seed. And at the beginning of the they were just killing teams. And then as as the season kind of went on with all the back-to-backs, I mean, they wore down because, it, again, it was a shortened season, and that was a pretty pretty veteran-laden team. So I'd be just – I'd be – the Lakers would be the team, like, that I would be watching the most outside of, obviously, the, the Bucks, but – just to see, like, how is LeBron going to respond? How are the Lakers going to respond? Because they're again, they're they're a pretty veteran-laden team, and you would think that all oh, they just had a month off, well, probably two months off, so basically almost an off season to to not be playing any basketball. And I I just be curious to see how a veteran team like that, just based on the recent history that we've seen, can can come back from that. Which would be which would which would be really fascinating. But Jacob, what who do you think is is the team that's going to benefit the least from this? Oh, benefit the least. I'm going to actually, and you're going to hate this, Steve. Just from what I've heard, I'm going to go Milwaukee. Oh, Jacob, we were friends. We were, we were <laughs> shot. We were friends. <laughs> it's just, I'm just hearing about, you know, the coaches before this all happened. They were bragging about how um, they really, their physical conditioning. They planned this whole thing out. That kind of March, April, Giannis, Middleton. Lopez, they're all going to be hitting their physical stride into, you know, really getting rounding into playoff form. And suddenly, just as you begin to hit that stride, you have two months off. And I'm really worried that they're going to come back and be, of all the teams, it's not so much that they're going to be bad, it's that they're going to fall the most from where they were. Because where they were was, you know, this historically great team. And I do worry that they could kind of, they could fall back into the pack, as it were. That's my real concern with the Bucks here. Oh God, we we were friends, Jacob. Go, Brad. Go, <laughs> sorry, no, it's fine. I mean, everything you said, I, I can't. I mean, I can't really necessarily disagree with all that. I, I think the one thing that they have that the Bucks would have, just to speak on that point, that they have going for them is Giannis is twenty five. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. whether you want to say LeBron or whatever. I mean, Giannis is either the best player in the league or he's a top two, three player in the league with Ka- Kawhi Leonard. Like he's twenty five. I mean, he's he. He's going to have more energy than than the other two will for sure. I mean, Brett, who do who do you think is going to kind of not take this, not handle this situation very well? I sh- I share some of those concerns about Milwaukee. To be honest, um, like I think I, I see it as Giannis being young, like as a 
it was a major advantage heading into the playoffs, you know, as it was supposed to be, because, you know, he's not going to break down. That guy can play 40 minutes a night over multiple seven game series and, and be all right. He's a beast. And I almost feel like this time off uh, will have leveled the playing field somewhat um, between the, the older players and um, or the older teams and and guys like that. I mean, I might still pick them to win it. They've got to be. I certainly would have before. Um, the Lakers definitely get a bump now, but I, I still think they're probably one of the definitely one of the three best teams. Um, but the other teams that like teams like um, like Oklahoma City is an interesting one uh, because they had a lot of momentum going. Uh, I think they had won like eight of their last ten. Um, really overachieved, and they got uh, the point guard. They got Jacob's favorite player in the world <laughs> on that team. So they, that'll, oh, be, yeah. that'll be interesting because I was really thinking they were going to make some noise in the playoffs, um, you know. But uh, after all this, who knows if they can pick up uh, with how they were doing because they were really rolling. Um, but I think the team that mm-hmm. is probably going to be hurt most by this hiatus is Utah. Yep. Um, you know, because of yep. uh, obviously the the. Gobert and Mitchell feud. So they're right now they're in the fourth seed in the West. You know, I mean they're they're a top four seed, but um now they're two best players. You know, it's been reported as we talked about a couple pods ago that their relationship is unsalvageable. So if the NBA season resumes in a couple of months and then all of a sudden Gobert and Mitchell have to have to take the floor together in the playoffs, like I, I just think that team's chemistry could be could be really jacked up after all this. And then with Gobert, um, you know, we don't know what the lasting effects of the coronavirus are going to be. I think it's safe to say in people that were asymptomatic, uh, it's probably not going to be too major. But Gobert had symptoms. I mean, he had flu-like symptoms, and then he lost his sense of smell and his sense of taste. I don't even know if he's gotten that back yet. So he he really he had it pretty bad, probably about as bad as NBA, any NBA players had it. Um, so who knows what his wind is going to be like? Um, that's kind of a scary thing to think about. So I just think between that and, and the, the beef with Mitchell, uh, the, the jazz could, could really, um, have a rough go at it in the playoffs. Yeah. And then, well, then you have to add in, if it becomes like that, if Rudy hasn't fully recovered or the relationship is unsalvageable, do you just not play him? And then suddenly you're looking at, the Utah Jazz having just not putting their defensive two-time defensive player of the year on the floor at all. I bet you if they play, if they're matched up against Houston, uh, they 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 will they will not play <laughs> Gobert um, because you know because of those reasons and also just because he he really can't match up with them. And I'm looking at it right now; they would be as of today they would be uh, slotted to face. Oklahoma City in the first round, but OKC and the Rockets have the same record. I guess OKC has the tiebreaker right now, but they could easily be matched up with Houston. But yeah, I, either way, though, I think that I think you're right. I think that's a real possibility that he just wouldn't play, and all of a sudden, then they're, you know, they're 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 a pretty easy uh, easy first round beat. So I I don't mind like the Utah one's a good one. I think like just because of I, I'm with you, Brett. Just because of the drama that would unfold with that. But the other the other team that that came to mind for me is is Philly. Uh, I mean, I think um, obviously our podcast didn't start uh, when the when the NBA regular season first started, but Philly has right. I mean, that's the team that everybody talks about. That's the team with with all the talent. I mean, I still think you know Embiid and Simmons. Whether whether we think they're a bad fit, I do, or a good fit, or whatever. But talent wise, like Philly is probably probably up there, or probably the most talented team. In the NBA. And I just, it's funny, right? Because you don't know, did this layoff, did this save Brett Brown's job? Did this save like the scrutiny that Philly would got? Cause I mean, the, the one saving grace, I mean, I I'll be honest, I'll, I'll put, uh, I'll put my body on the line here for everybody. I mean, a Philly Boston first round matchup. I would love it just because those two fan bases can, you know, I'll say it, they can be a little bit obnoxious sometimes. So just having those two teams play each other in the first round, like I would, I I would love it. I'd be all over it. And if if Philly were to win, I mean, the Boston fans would be crying. If if Philly loses, if Philly would lose that first round matchup, I mean, what happens with Philly? Do they trade Ben Simmons? Does Brett Brown um, get fired? Do they retain him if Philly wins and gets to the Eastern Conference Finals, or maybe even will it take him saving his job the NBA Finals? It's just 
that Philly team is so fascinating. And with this time off, Ben Simmons is back should be, should be healthy. I mean, we think so. Cause I couldn't imagine Ben Simmons coming back in the regular season. If the season never got um, postponed with, with the way his back was and kind of some of the reports are. So to me, I don't know if necessarily they're, they're the worst one or the best one. They're just the most fascinating one to me. I mean, that for, for the entire season. And it just, I think it's just, it's, like a drama on ABC, right? You just can't, you just can't turn away. You just, you just, you just have to continue watching it. So that's, that's kind of the team for me. Um, what other teams did you guys kind of, kind of have in mind? I mean, there was Miami, there's, there's Toronto. I mean, I'm just kind of going through the East. I mean, I think the West, we all kind of know the, the big teams out West are, are the Clippers and the Lakers. I mean, sure that the jazz are good from a drama perspective, but an OKC with Jacob's favorite player. But I mean, I mean, I don't know. Those those are kind of the teams that I was looking at. It would have been cool to see Luca in the in in the playoffs, but I just I just, I think the East to me is more fascinating. What uh, what do you guys think? Well, I think that actually the Dallas. I think Dallas were already gonna be a weird because they because of Luca's injury they'd fallen down to the seventh seed. Just looking at now, they're in the seventh seed, but for a large proportion of the season and statistically, they are far and away the third best team in the West. And if the Clippers have to go up against um, Dallas in the first round, that's a really tough matchup. Like, even if we want to say Kawhi and PG together can shut down Luka, which they probably can, but then what do you do about Kristaps? The team around him is really well-built for them. They're not superstar players, but they're really well-built. And at a seven seed, maybe they climb to the six seed if they have a four or five game lead up to the season or the fifth seed whoever they're facing, it was, it was already going to be tough, but I think they could easily beat Denver, Utah, OKC, or the Rockets in the first round if they went up against them. Um, in the East, I think Brooklyn is a really um, interesting one because obviously their two superstar players could be back for the playoffs. That would be, that would be you know, again, seventh seed, they'll go up against Toronto. Could Toronto, even at 85%, KD could Toronto stop him or Kyrie coming back like what would happen to those teams I wonder. yeah that's the one that is just so exciting to think about and I feel like when the season was first suspended they were like you know KD's not they're done you know they're not coming back but the longer this drags out um we're coming up on a year uh you know next month since KD's injury and then if the season weren't to resume until late July or August you'd be at um you know 14 months which is a really long time that's pretty much as long as anybody's ever taken to come back from a torn Achilles so he'd be he'd be 100% by then no doubt about it he's probably i mean assuming that this i mean he had the he had coronavirus so assuming that didn't uh cause any other setbacks with him he's likely approaching um 100 now at least in terms of being cleared to play like i think he could probably play now um without risk of re-injury or elevated risk of re-injury and then with Kyrie, um i don't remember his timetable but i would think that he would be he would be healthy by then too and man like if, if those guys had a chance to play i just have to think that opportunity would be really hard to resist if of course uh, the season does resume. Um, it, you know. Even even Brett, even with Jack Fawn as the head coach, because remember they don't have a head coach. And Kenny Atkinson is no longer there. Yeah, that's a wild situation. Um, they yeah. So is Jack yeah. Vaughn was just uh, just promoted from uh, from the assistant. Is he he is there? He is their head coach right now. I now? think he's the. I think he's the interim. I better. Interim, yeah, sorry, yeah. We, we don't have we don't have any fact checker here, guys. We don't have nephew Kyle. <laughs> no, you're or, right. You're or, right. <laughs> or, or Jamie here from you're the right. Joe Rogan podcast. So. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I think you're right about that, though. Um, I think he. I think I did hear that. That until we hear, you know, until further notice, he's the uh, he's the guy. But the the other team that and you mentioned them too, Jacob. That's really interesting to me is the Pacers, because so when Oladipo first came back, they really struggled. They lost. I don't know exactly but it was something like eight of ten like they went on a pretty bad slide um just struggling to integrate him back into the offense uh but then uh they had won seven of their last ten prior to the season being canceled uh right now they're they're fifth in the east um tied record-wise with philly but man if if oladipo is 
he was looking better too at the end of the season there. Um, so if he's if he's a hundred percent, that is that's a really really dangerous team. So I think they're kind of a sleeper in the East. Um, they would be playing Miami right now as it stands, but they could easily fall into a matchup with Boston. And uh, either way, I wouldn't want to see them. That that's a squad, especially if Oladipo's at full strength. The Indiana thing is really, really interesting, especially with the whole Malcolm Brogdon thing. I mean, I've kind of, not to get into, to do a deep dive with the Pacers, but I mean, I'm a huge Malcolm Brogdon fan. I I really wish Milwaukee would have re-signed him. I'm not going to go into that. I've kind of said my piece on that. Like, I I just don't (laughs) think he wanted to be here. But the one thing with Malcolm Brogdon, though, when he was, he was, a little banged up again, man. I mean, he's, he's just hurt a lot. And I mean, it sucks. I mean, he hasn't, he still has not finished an entire NBA season. He hasn't played 82 games. Um, not that, not that a lot of players do that nowadays, but I mean, he's just, it's, I think he had a quad injury. He had a back injury. I mean, it's always, it's always something with him and it's, it's kind of almost like, right. If, if this thing starts, it's like all these teams are back to being zero. You could essentially, except for the seating, throw all the records out. I mean, everyone's zero, zero. And we have, we have no idea on what's going to happen, but just because um, Jacob and and Brett, you guys both said the Milwaukee Bucks would would kind of come back to earth. I'm going to do a shot at Jack right now, just because you guys are just killing me right now. So, so, but no, I mean honestly, as a, putting my uh, my Bucks fandom aside, I mean it, it's concerning. You know, I mean we were granted we did lose. Um, we we lost three in a row. Um, obviously Giannis didn't play in two of those games. I think he was. I know he practiced right before you know, the season got, got postponed a little bit, but I mean, yeah, man, I mean, we were on cruise control. I mean, we already had beaten, we swept the Clippers, we beat the Clippers and the Lakers both at home and the Clippers and Lakers were full squads. And we honestly, we beat them by double digits and it really wasn't much of a game. And you you guys are right, man. I mean, you're just cruising towards this thing and it's, we joke about it here in, in Milwaukee. It's like, damn man, like the best regular season we've ever had, like up to this point, just all of a sudden gets, gets diminished and it just sucks because all the momentum that you had it are is just gone and it i said it earlier but a team if they do let's just say they do the top six teams i don't think they're gonna have time to do all the top eight teams but if they do the top six teams i just have to think that philly philly is the team that's gonna get that's gonna benefit the most from the and i'm beating it's like all if you remember all the the drama of the nba was surrounding philly I mean, Philly could play – they could be playing the Detroit Pistons. And, oh, look at Philly. Like, Joel Embiid did this. It's just – it's incredible how much drama is surrounded with that team. And then, again, I Jacob, I agree with you. I mean, Denver – Denver's an interesting team. I mean, they're only – they were only two and a half games back of the Clippers. And I think we kind of know that that the Lakers were – I mean, they were going to run away with that number one seed. They were just hitting – kind of hitting their their – their prime a little bit in the, in the season. They beat the Bucks. I think they beat the Clippers, the Bucks, and I think they beat another team that weekend too. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, the Bucks and the Lakers, I mean, from, from an age perspective, yeah, you could say that the Lakers would probably benefit, but I also would be curious to see from a momentum standpoint, how does this affect Milwaukee and the Lakers, especially Milwaukee? Cause I think, you know, LeBron's been around, you know, they got, they got Rondo. They have a good coach. I mean, all those guys have been there. They've been to, either an NBA finals or a conference finals. And I think with Milwaukee, they've just been to the the conference finals, except for probably George Hill and maybe another player that I'm forgetting, but it'd be really curious to see how, how they respond to that. So, I mean, yeah. All right. So one of the, the next thing that we kind of wanted to talk about a little bit, and I hope we gave everybody some optimism with that segment, but we wanted to go into the Isaiah Thomas dream team argument. Um, so this has been a topic for a while. Um, we're not going to kind of get into it. The, the Chris Paul stuff. I don't know if we'll have time, but this Isaiah Thomas thing and Brent, I'm not sure if you were in the group, so I'm just going to rewind back for everybody and kind of set the stage. We Jacob and I always, and you see other people refer to it, 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 the summer of CP3. I mean, I remember like on my honeymoon in Jamaica talking about this topic and Jacob like, dude, you're on your honeymoon, man. Just go get off of Facebook and go do something. It was just, it was just <laughs> everyone, that, yeah. like Chris Paul is just, is just a hot topic. And it started kind of with, with the Isaiah Thomas comparison, who's better Isaiah Thomas, who's better Chris Paul. Um, and like I said, we'll, we might get time to get into that p- portion of it um, or we'll save that for another podcast. But uh, I had an interesting post that you kind of put in there with Isaiah Thomas with all of, with all of the dream team stuff. And it, it was very interesting that for the last 20 plus years or however many years it's been, Isaiah has kind of been 
kind of been pretty gracious about it and things like that. I think we all can kind of read between the lines that Michael didn't want him on, on the dream team. And probably a lot of players didn't want him on the dream team. Um, and Isaiah Thomas kind of said, he's kind of like, when I say diplomatic, he's like, yeah, like we didn't shake their hands. And then all of a sudden this documentary comes out on Sunday uh, with the Pistons and the Bulls and Isaiah Thomas, it seemed like, you know, at first he, he kind of doubled down on his original stance and now he kind of, he kind of came out the other day and said, you know, the Bulls couldn't play with us in the in the 80s. They weren't an 80s team. They were a 90s team. They couldn't beat Bird, myself, or or Magic. So, and then Brett, you kind of you kind of chimed in there. So, um, I love it. I'm all for the drama, man. So, kind of kind of explain what your thought process was and and why you kind of said that. What I said was that Isaiah wasn't good enough to be on the dream team, and I said that in response to what he said recently. Uh, he said that he's paid a. I think it was a heavy price or a huge price for declining to shake hands with Michael Jordan and the Bulls after losing to them in 1991. Um, And I just think that more than that, he just wasn't quite at the level of the other guys on that team. Like, so Magic and Bird were going to be on that team no matter what, right? You could say Bird was a shell of his former self and some degree he was, it was mostly, you know, due to his back injury, but you can't have that dream team without magic and birds. So I think they're locks. They were two of the first guys picked. They were co-captains. There's no saying like Isaiah should have had birds spot. Like I don't, I don't buy that at all. Um, and then the other guy that ever, you know, is Leitner that everyone talks about um, the, the U S uh, the committee, the, the U S uh, national team committee or, uh, whatever it's called, uh, they decided that because the the Olympic team had always been um, always been constructed using amateur players, that as sort of a I guess a nod to that, um, or just to keep some degree of continuity, they were going to have a college guy on the team, and that guy was Leitner. Now, was he the best college player they could have picked? I don't think so. That should have been Shaq. Should have been Alonzo Mourning. Somebody like that. Those guys were better. But I think because of the position Leitner played and his relative versatility. Um, that he could step outside a little bit. Um, I think they chose him since they already had Ewing and uh, and David Robinson. Yeah, and just 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 to kind of chime in, Brett. I don't mean to cut you off, but no, I, no. I, th- I think you're right. I mean, I think I think in hindsight, again, I want for this. Um, obviously, um, now you look at it now, you would want time was was the most decorated college player, like playing currently in, in 1992. I mean, Duke had just won a couple national championships. I'm sure all of you remember the shot uh, against Kentucky. That was Christian Leighton. I mean, he was, he was the biggest thing going in, in college basketball at that time. And, I mean, again, hindsight is 2020. You can say, obviously, just be, Christian Leighton did not have a good NBA career. But, I mean, just, just to kind of set the background, Brett, I'm sorry, go, go, go ahead and kind of finish your thought process there. No problem, man. Thanks. Um, thanks for doing that. Uh, so I think it comes down to since Leitner, yeah, I mean, you're right. He wasn't the craziest choice at that time, considering his, his college accolades and his, his renown. Um, so I, I don't think you, I think you got to remove Leitner, Bird, and Magic, the three guys that would probably be the easiest to say Isaiah was better than. I think those guys were, were locks. They were on the team. Nothing you can do about it. So what it comes down to is Isaiah or John Stockton or Clyde Drexler. So they had Magic. And then they had Stockton as the backup point guard. Everything I've read, it seems, and based on the way the game was back then, point guards just weren't, they weren't prioritized the way they are now. Uh, I don't think they wanted more than two point guards on that team. I don't think they felt like they needed that. Um, so in that sense, I think it came down to, to Stockton and Isaiah. Um, I think Stockton was far and away a better player in 1992, or even the year before, than Isaiah was. I think Isaiah was, Isaiah had, had, begun to decline at that point and Stockton was as good as he's ever been. Um, And if you look at Isaiah uh, it's really kind of crazy, but he hadn't made an all NBA team in five years heading into the the summer of 1992. He had gone five seasons without even being on an all NBA team. His last one was 1987, a second team. Uh, And after that, it was guys like uh, Kevin Johnson or Mark Price Tim Hardaway, those were the guys beating him out. Um, and then and Stockton was, uh, you know, uh, on the All-NBA team every year. Um, and then his numbers speak for themselves. But um, And then you look at Drexler, 
And what I was reading is that the final spot came down to Drexler and Isaiah. And if you look at where they were in 1992, when that was that, that final spot was chosen uh, on May 12th of 1992 is what I read. Um, Isaiah had just lost a first round series against the Knicks. The Pistons had lost to the Knicks and Isaiah really shit the bed. He averaged 14 points a game in that series. He shot 33%. I think he shot about 20% in the three games they lost. I mean, he was horrendous. He was a disaster. And that series took place, I believe, in late April. And Clyde, meanwhile, uh, had just finished second in MVP voting and not even that far behind Michael Jordan. Um, He had a monster season. And when that final spot was selected, uh, he was on the cusp of the Western Conference Finals uh, having just averaged like 31, eight and seven um, against, I believe it was the Suns in the, in the semifinals. Clyde was, Clyde was a beast. And I just think that uh, because of that, they didn't need a third point guard, at least that's what they felt at the time. Um, and because of just how much better Stockton was at that stage of their respective careers. And then Clyde was a beast right then. And same with Chris Mullen. That's the other guy. People are like, Oh, Isaiah was better than him, but I don't think so. Not in 1992. Jacob, what do, what do, what do you no, kind no of way. think about that? And then I'll, I'll kind of, I'll kind of set the stage a little bit because I'm going to, I'm going to kind of rebuttal a little bit, just kind of play devil's advocate. But Jacob, what do you, what do you think about that? I think, no, I think he hits nail on the head. Everything you said, Brett, I think you're right. Isaiah was, um, I was going to point out as well, Price, Hardaway, KJ, all of those have an argument in 1992 to be better players than Isaiah was. Isaiah, after um, his injury in 91, he's kind of, he's coming back down the slope. He's kind of, is he, and does he build, does he work around that team too well? I mean, you think Stockton and Magic are both very pass oriented players. Isaiah was a bit of, he was a great creator, but he was also a bit of a gunner. And you have Stockton and Magic, Ryan Point, and you've got Jordan and Clyde at the two who can both handle the ball. Do you need someone like that? Or do you need a Chris Mullen who can kind of stretch the floor and score for you? Do you need a Scotty or a Larry? I mean, you make a good point. Larry, I think, is the one who most could have fallen out of that team. But as you I mean, we can say Isaiah is an icon. He's not close to what Bird or Magic were to the league at that time. They both have to be on that team, even if Bird is on his last legs and Magic has been retired for a year. Even though I still think at that point, Magic could have come back and he probably would have still been the best point guard in the league. But I, yeah, I don't think, I think at best Isaiah at that point is maybe the fifth or fourth best point guard in the league. I don't think you can really on the merits say that he deserves to be in there based on his play. That, and, that's, and that's fair. Yeah. And, and like I said, I, this, this whole thing, like I just kind of, I want to set the stage for everybody that probably doesn't remember this, a lot of this stuff. Um, uh, Jack McCallum had a really good book um, called the dream team. You guys can read about it, or you can listen to the documentary that they had, but um, the roster was made up of Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Charles Barkley, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Patrick Ewing, David Robinson, Clyde Drexler, Scotty Pippen, Chris Mullen and Christian later. Um, and there was, I mean, I think we all kind of know this and, and Brett Jacob, you kind of touched on the, the, at that time in 1992, why wasn't Isaiah Thomas on the team, which, which I can, I, I, I agree with everything that you guys said, but, but I, I'm just going to kind of play devil's advocate a little bit. We all know if Isaiah Thomas was friends with magic and Michael, he would have been on the team um, for a lot of people that don't know. Um, when Michael Jordan was first coming up and Brett, you probably remember this, I'm sure, you know, I, th- I want to say it was the 1985 all-star game when they froze Michael out and Michael Jordan to this day believes that it was Isaiah Thomas. That was the ringleader. About um, You also had um, Isaiah and magic kind of had a falling out. I think they've kind of reconciled a little bit, but you know, Isaiah Thomas said some things about magic Johnson, about his, his, there was just some, some bad blood there about when magic Johnson got diagnosed with HIV. I, I, I am telling you, everything that you guys said about um, about where Isaiah Thomas stood in the league in 1992, I'm not saying you guys are wrong with that. But I, if Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson wanted Isaiah Thomas on the team, he would have been on the team. You know, they're not going to leave off uh, 
a guy who was the best player on a team that went to three NBA finals, um, back-to-back champions. They're, they're just not. And, and Brett, as you, as you alluded to, like, yes, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, they, they, they saved, the NBA, the, uh, saved the NBA. You knew that Larry was going to be on that team. Larry had always wanted to play with Magic, and we, we all knew it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I, I think, like, if, if this would have been in 19 or 1991, like, Isaiah would have been for sure on the team. In uh, 1992, like, I get his level of play had leveled off a little bit, but I, I'll just – I'll say it. If, if Jordan and Magic wanted him on the team – he a thousand percent would have been on the team and probably John Stockton wouldn't have been on the team. It, it's just, it is what it is. And, and with stuff like this, sometimes, you know, pettiness kind of wins, but make no mistake about it. Like those at, at the time, well, now we know that Jordan and Isaiah still hate each other. But I mean, I, like I said, I think magic and Isaiah have, have kind of reconciled a little bit, but Isaiah was still really, really popular. Like there was, there's there just no way if they liked him, I, I'm telling you, he would have, he would have been on the team. I, I can't see them not having him if, if he was kind of, and I'm doing air quotes, like kind of in their little club, which and again, I'm not saying, okay. I'm not sitting here going like Brett and Jacob, what you guys said was wrong. Cause I, I do think from a basketball point of view, maybe, you know, remember Isaiah had bad injuries. He was kind of, he wasn't the same player that he was. And I always go back to this too. What no one, not a lot of people talk about Chuck Daly was the coach of the dream team. And Chuck Daly didn't even say Isaiah Thomas, I want Isaiah Thomas to be on this team. You know, I know, I think he kind of said something publicly after the fact, but again, I think we all know Jordan and magic were the ones that were running the show. So this is what I would say to that. Um, Okay. Yeah. If Isaiah was like boys with MJ and magic, like if he was their guy, if they all like loved him, yeah, he, they would have got him because they had that much pull for sure. They would have got him on the team. But if we're looking at this as, um, the bad blood with Isaiah versus Isaiah's declining level of play as the reason for his omission from that team, then I think you have to look at Isaiah as neutral. If he was just a neutral guy, did he deserve to be on that team? And I don't think he did. And, and one, one good way to look at it, at least in terms of his standing in the league at that time, is MVP voting. So in 1992, Isaiah did not receive a single MVP vote. Um, a lot of guys did, but Isaiah wasn't one of them. Um, I think 16 players either received a first or um, second place vote. Isaiah didn't get a single one. Um, then you go back to let's backtrace tor- toward his prime, toward his highest level of play. You go to 1991. He finished 13th in MVP voting. Okay. You want to know who the guys ahead of him were? It was the dream team. Plus, uh, <laughs> plus, plus Terry Porter and <laughs> Kevin Johnson. Right. It, it, and then you, you go back to 1990 and Isaiah. 13th in MVP voting again um, tied with Joe Dumars. They each got a second place vote. It looks like, but he was behind guys like Buck Williams, Tom Chambers, um, of course, Drexler Stockton, every, every, all the dream teamers again, except for Chris Mullen because his team wasn't very good. Um, And then even if you go back to 1989, let's see where he is here. Finished 17th in MVP voting. So like even in those four years leading up to, um, the dream team being selected. He never finished inside the top 13 for MVP voting. Uh, he, so, and he, you know, you look at it and it's, it's all those dream team guys ahead of him. So if you had put him on that team, um, not, to, not counting Leitner and Bird, he would have been the worst player on that team uh, for sure. I, I just think Stockton was clearly a better player. And that was reflected in both the MVP voting where Stockton's in there every year and also the all NBA voting. Uh, and even the numbers and Utah's success, Utah won 55 games in 91-92. Um, I believe Detroit won 48, and then they went on to win just like 40 the next year. So I just think it's clear that Stockton was the better player, and if it, and so was Drexler. And if you're choosing between Stockton and Isaiah or Drexler and Isaiah, either way, you go with the guy that isn't Isaiah. Sure, but just just to kind of just to kind of again kind of clap back on that a l- just a little bit, and I don't disagree with the majority of what you said. But I, I still think that the media didn't like Detroit. Other players didn't like Detroit. I mean, Magic has, has even quoted, has been saying, Isaiah killed his own chances when it came to the Olympics. Nobody wanted to play with him. Nobody liked him and nobody liked those Pistons team. And, I mean, I, I think that that carries a lot more weight than, than we think it does. It, especially with, I'm trying to find this quote. I, I had it up a little bit. Um, oh, here it is. Rod Thorne, who helped put together that team. 
Nobody would have been on that team if Jordan didn't want them on that team. You remember what happened in the 85 All-Star game? They stalled Jordan out. Who did Jordan believe lead that? Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas. You stalled him out as a rookie, and then you didn't shake his hand after, they, after the Bulls beat them. I, I just think, like I said, I understand that we're arguing about, about the merits of it, and, and we should be. Obviously, that's, that's what basketball is all about. But I'm just – if Isaiah if gets along with Jordan and, and Magic – He's on that team, and we're probably – granted, they created content for us because we're talking about this, to be honest. I mean, it's just it, the, the hatred – I just want to let kind of the audience and people that are listening know the hatred at that time between Magic, Isaiah, and Michael was, was real. Like, those two did not like Isaiah Thomas at all. And frankly, like I said, the media didn't like him, and a lot of – a lot the majority of NBA players didn't like him. So I again like it, it's it's just shitty with some of the stuff that this is what it comes down to. But I still think you know if, if he got along with more NBA players and he was likable, he he would have been on that team because because Jacob, like you said, I mean at the end of the day, the dream team maybe not so much now and obviously back then everybody was good. It, it's still kind of a popularity contest, and Isaiah was still widely more popular, certainly more popular than John Stockton. Now that doesn't mean believe ugh, that doesn't mean that he should be on it over. John Stockton, but I, I'm just saying from a popularity standpoint, like he he should have been on that team. Yeah, but at the same time, like you're talking about, I mean, just looking at that 12 man roster now, apart from Mullen and um, Leitner, obviously, you're talking about every other guy is pretty safely a top 50 player of all time. That's how stacked this is. So it's just, and you're talking about, they. I mean, just looking at their, you know, uh, the point differential, the closest they ever got to losing was a 38-point win against Puerto Rico. Like, this isn't, you know, you're talking about very minor, so they didn't really, and when you add on to that Isaiah's slight decline, you know, we can argue, uh, maybe, you know, maybe he deserves to be in there. I have stopped, even if you believe that. The fact that um, he's so unliked, like you point out, by Jordan and Magic, and the team is so stacked anyway, there was absolutely no way he would ever get on that team. And there's no point. It's not like he'd be a game changer for them. There's absolutely, you know. So once you factor all those things in, there was absolutely no way he was ever getting on there. But And that's getting past just the fact whether he gets in there on his own merits, which I think me and Brett both agree. I don't know if you believe this, Steve, but we both agree that at that time, he probably wasn't in the top three point guards in the league. So it's just there's just no way he's doing it. And, I, but he did this all to himself. He wanted oh, I, this. He I wanted that you. bad boy. I image. agree with both of you on that part of it. I there there there's no doubt in my mind by then. Like I said, Isaiah had had injuries and all that, all of um all those other issues. But and I do think it's it's telling. Like you know Chuck Daly. I mean Michael Jordan even said um, in that Dream Team documentary. Again, I I highly recommend everybody to watch it. Like he would if he didn't have if he couldn't have played for Phil. Like he would have played for Chuck Daly. I mean he. He absolutely loved Chuck Daly. I mean, they golfed all the time. Like Michael Jordan really, really took to, to Chuck Daly. And Chuck Daly is a Hall of Fame coach. And he did not – you know Chuck Daly could have went to Michael or Magic. Or even – I mean, Larry Bird didn't even like him back then. And just kind of be like, hey, um, you know, mm-hmm. Isaiah needs to be on this team. And he didn't. So I, I think that goes to show you what other players thought of Isaiah. And I'm just saying – I mean – Let's be real. I mean, Molly Hunter, I am defending you, uh, your boy here against Brett and Jacob, even though I, I might be wrong. <laughs> um, uh, you know, Isaiah is, I mean, Detroit, going back to that, that series that they lost against the Lakers when he scored, um, you know, 43 points. I mean, the Pistons are a sprained ankle away from winning three straight titles. And we would probably look at them a, a little bit differently than how we look at them right now. So, yeah, I, I Jacob, for sure, man. I agree. Everything that you and Brett said is correct. By then, Isaiah, you know, probably there should not have been on that team. But I mean, again, the NBA is a popularity standpoint uh, contest and whoever, if, if, like I said, I'm just going to stay with the fact that if he was friends with Jordan and magic, he would have been on that team for sure. That that's just kind of my whole thing. And I would say that, you know, yeah, I, I think that's probably true. If they had been super duper tight, like I said, he probably would have, even if he didn't deserve to be based on his play. But I think you could also say if he was better, if he was say so the last the last season that he made it his last all nba first team was 1986 so yeah if you took 1986 isaiah sure he's definitely on that team you can't leave him out and i think even with the bad blood he would still be on that team but i think by 92 he was nowhere 
near good enough for his ability as a basketball player to overcome uh, the the widespread dislike for him. So I think the best way you I think you could look at it is this maybe uh, maybe he was borderline. And that sounds about right based on what I read. And I think that was from that book you referenced, Steve, where it came down to him and Drexler. So he was borderline, right, to make the team. Um, and I guess I guess the dislike was was the tiebreaker. But I just can't see a scenario where you take him over Clyde, run MVP runner-up Clyde Drexler, especially when you already have two point guards. Um, and and then I, I read in that book too that that uh, or a, you know a clip from that book that Stockton had had broken his leg um, and they weren't sure if he was going to heal in time, but they were going to replace him with Dumars and not Isaiah. And that does speak to that, I think. Um, but Stockton came back and, and, and they wouldn't have needed him anyway. So um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't think he was like, yeah, I, I think you could easily say that he was maybe like the fifth best point guard at that time in the league. Like, so you have magic was retired, but he, like Jacob said, if he had come back, he'd still probably be the best point guard in the league. He was still good. So you've got magic and then you've got, um, yeah, Kevin Johnson, Tim Hardaway, Mark Price. I think you could say all those guys by 92 were, were better than Isaiah. So that was my whole point is just at that time, he wasn't good enough to be on the team. And that's the bottom line, regardless of this controversy or what he might claim now. Oh, I would have been on that team if, if Michael liked me. Nah, that's bullshit. He wasn't good enough at that time to be on that team. Um, and, and that's all there is to it in my mind. Oh, for sure, man. And I, I can't even, like I, I said, I, I got the, I got the quote pulled up here because I knew, I knew Isaiah said something controversial about Michael and basically saying that Michael Jordan was the fourth best player he ever faced. Like all of a sudden he's, he's doing this kind of like about face and it's kind of like, all right, like at least Isaiah, I mean, I can respect the realism of it. Like be real about it. Like be, be pissed off. If you think that you were snubbed on that, that all-star or that dream team, then say it. But I mean, everything that, that you said, Brett, everything that you said, Jacob, I mean, you guys are spot on with it. I mean, statistically, he wasn't, he wasn't the player that he once was. And if people want to say, well, Magic was retired, Bird was on his last legs, like we said earlier at the, the top of this, those two guys saved the league. They were going to, David Stern was going to make sure that they were on that team no matter what. It's it just, it is, it is what it is. And you can't, you can't argue that. I mean, mm-hmm. Isaiah and even that whole Pistons thing, I mean, they're all, pissing and moaning because no one talks about them. Like, sorry, you guys won back-to-back titles. You went to three NBA finals. I'm sorry that you're kind of the forgotten team in between. It just, it is what it is. Like, I don't know. I don't have like a magic wand to like say, Hey, Detroit, like, you know, obviously I love Molly Hunter and yeah, I'll, I'll credit Detroit everything in, in all aspects of it. But I mean, yeah, to start this dream team, like Isaiah, maybe he shouldn't have been on it, but Again, I'm I'm sticking with sticking my guns here. That that dude, it, it it just it is what it is at this point. Like there was the bad blood, and you can tell from watching the last dance, the bad blood carries over between Michael and Isaiah. And I hope for my sake, because I love this drama and I live off of this, that that it lasts until the end of time. Because I I love this shit. I absolutely love it. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I think one thing you can add though is that I think your point about. Um fact that he wouldn't have he would have been on the team if they wanted I think the fact the team is so good kind of lends itself that even if Isaiah is the 10th 15th best point guard in the league at that time the team is made up of Hall of Famers up and down the board if they wanted Isaiah Thomas it's not like that impacts their margin of victory it's not like you know that's the difference between gold and silver they were getting gold against you know maybe any team ever it's just you know, that's kind of and that I think the fact the team was so good kind of supports the fact that if they wanted him, he could have gotten on that team, but just he'd played his hand and you know, me yeah, I made a you made a post about how I respect the hell out of what they did in ninety one. I love it. I think it's fucking theatre. I think it's just the perfect way for Detroit to, you know, go out in the most Detroit way possible. But it is. you know, you and make that your team, bed and you lie. Just, just to follow that's up what you said, Jacob, that team just could have they just could have played Michael Magic, Scotty Barkley, and David Robinson the entire time, and they wouldn't have lost. Like that, that that's how good like those five were, kind of yeah. compared to yeah. everybody else. I mean, it, it, it's sick how good that that team was, and it probably. I mean, you know, we can we can argue and and have different conversations, but it's arguably like the greatest team ever assembled in any type of basketball form, and especially. I mean, you just if they could have had it a couple of years 
um, sooner with Larry Bird being able to play still. I mean, fuck, man. That, that, that was, that's, that's just insane how good that was. Like, I would have, oh, yeah. my dad says it all the time. Shout out to the old man who's going to listen to this tomorrow. I mean, he would have loved to have seen uh, Larry and uh, Magic play together for more <laughs> than just a couple times that they did. And it would have it been awesome because those two guys comp- really would have complimented each other beautifully. Uh, and I, I'm sure I'm waiting for the Brett Usher uh, essay on that because I'll definitely read Oof. that one. But I mean, <laughs> it would just everybody on this team, if you go look at the <laughs> roster, like I said, they, they just complement each other perfectly. Uh, you have Scotty and Michael. No one, no one on the perimeter is going to get past those guys. And it was just, it was awesome to watch. And like I said, I really, everyone go check out that, that documentary because it, it, it's really good. And if you have time, I know a lot of people don't read anymore, but it's a, it's, it's a, it's a really, really good book. A really, really need, good book. I need <laughs> to see that the documentary for sure. I still haven't seen that, but I should, um, that team, that team, I just want to say has, has a lot of meaning to me. Um, that, that was my introduction to basketball was that 92 dream team. That was the first basketball I ever watched. Like that was pretty much when I first started playing. Um, That's really what got me into it. The first NBA season I followed in full was the 92, 93 season. And it was that 92 dream team that just made me fall in love with basketball. It was such an exciting time. I can still remember like watching those games and um, you know, I've been obsessed with basketball really ever since. And they were a big part of why that was just a, a really special team and a really special time in my life. And I think for a lot of people too, for it sure. was a big deal for sure, man, for sure. All right. We're going to get out of here with this and um, I'm kind of going to kind of going to ask, uh, ask you both a question. So, so Jacob, if you had to put odds on the NBA playoffs coming back this year, yes. what do you, what do you put them at? Are we at 50, 50, 60, 40. Are you going to be an optimist? What, do, what do you, what are you thinking here? What does Jacob think right now about the NBA playoffs coming back? Let me get your hot take on this. <laughs> well, up until I'd say I'd say a week ago, I gave it zero percent. In that last week, I went zero percent to about eighty percent. I I am pretty because there's just, and the more I read about how America as a country is responding to this crisis, the more I'm like, yeah, there's absolutely no way they're going to put the safety <laughs> of people ahead of billions of dollars. There's just, there's absolutely no way. I mean, the fact that reading about it, like 30% of Americans are worried about the virus, 60% are worried about the economy. And there's just, there's too many hugely important investors in this to ever let this happen. There's just, it's just, it's too big to fail, to quote a Michael Lewis comment. It's just, it's, it's far too big. I, I'm certain at this point. How I like it. Brett, what do, what do you think? What do you, what do you put the odds at? I'm a little less optimistic. Um, like, yeah, a a few weeks ago, um, or even a month ago or whatever, I would have said no way. Um, now I would, I would probably say about 30%. I'd say there's about a 30% chance in my mind that, that, uh, we do see a, a conclusion of some sort to this season. And the things that have led to a little bit of an increase in optimism have been the, um, the potential of playing the games at a place like, like Disney world or at like the MGM, like um, I can sort of see how they could pull that off. Um, and, you know, it just kind of feels like there's some momentum right now for this happening. And certainly what, what Jacob said, um, if there's a way they can do it, they're going to do it. And I think there's about a 30% chance that there's a way. I, okay. I like it. You guys are actually more optimistic than me. I've got kind of like a, I'm going to say a 15% chance that it, that it comes back. I just, I just don't, <laughs> I can't, I just can't see it happening, especially, I think there's just too much. I don't think NBA players are going to want to just jump right into the playoffs right away. I think they're going to need some time. Um, I actually think there's a better chance that, that college football or actually the NFL comes back before uh, MLB and, and basketball, unfortunately, which, you know, the NBA is obviously all of our favorite sports. So I, I, I want that one to come back more than anything, but I really, um, I don't see an option. And, you know, Jacob and I, uh, Brett, just so you know, we've talked about this in the past. Um, you know, for me, I, I joke a lot. And I think um, it's funny to me how a lot of people in the NBA group, uh, our Facebook group that we're all in, um, the ringer don't understand humor very well. Obviously, if you can just look at my last post that I did and it was, it was quite a bit missed, but Hey, if the season ends guys, I'm just telling you, 
the Milwaukee Bucks are your NBA champions based on the NBA's best record. I'm sorry. Don't shoot the messenger. I don't make the rules. I just, I'm just going to follow <laughs> them. Um, it, it is what it is. Um, well, you know, real yeah. quick, man. I, like, do you really believe that though? Like, do you think that would be the, do you, cause I, re- I genuinely don't know. And I don't even know that I have an opinion on it yet, but like if the season doesn't, resume at all and then we don't see basketball until next season like do they just do they just say no there was no champion that year or do they give it to the bucks for having the best record with like the biggest asterisk ever like <laughs> I, I mean honestly, i mean I, I, what do you think the protocol like obviously this is uncharted territory yeah. but i just i'm genuinely curious as to because like i said i still think the likelihood is that we don't resume and uh and if that's the case like they there has they have to have a champion right is that how they would do it i, I really wonder honestly this like, is the only way it's either no champion or give it to the team with the best record nothing else would really be honest, fair, honestly but. all joking aside like obviously i'm, I'm joking like i would as starved as i am from an for an nba title i really would want to i'd, I'd want the bucks to earn it so obviously for people that don't know and i know jacob and i joke about this all the time guys i'm joking yeah. when i say stuff like that um but i Think that they would it's, make a good, it's something worth it's something worth considering though because it's a very real possibility that, that I, I think I think they would make yeah. it vacant I, I really yeah. do like I think I, my gut tells me that they would say hey yeah. the NBA season was canceled yeah. for this coronavirus for this health pandemic like you know it's just gonna be that's how it would be it just be blank because if they and the reason I say that is yeah. you kind of see all this stuff you know they're starting to open practice facilities and then the, the blowback is kind of strong so then they're not and you, you can just kind of tell that they want a champion so bad. And I mean, if, if they really do and they can't do everything, like I said, I mean, you know, I'm not going to, if they're going to give me the Larry O'Brien trophy, I'm not going to say, no, I don't want it. I mean, of course there's going to be an asterisk and I, I'd argue with anybody like, Hey, I just, it is what it is. I just play by the rules. I don't know what to do, like, but I'll take it. Um, and I'll definitely live stream uh, myself uh, on, on Wisconsin Avenue by myself. But um, I, can I, I, can I hit you guys with one thing I just thought about just as we were doing this? What well, if, uh, like, okay, so if they, if they cancel the season completely, right, we're, this, it's done. What if, like, the beginning of next season, whenever that is, even if it starts in, say, December, the 21 or the 2021 season, what if they just the first month of next season was the playoffs to determine the champion from the previous season? But those games counted toward um, toward the 2021 season, but they also counted as the playoffs for this season. I wonder if there's a way they could do that with the schedule, like all those games and statistics uh, count kind of for both. Like it, it could simultaneously be the first first month or two of the let's say the first month they could shorten it of next season but but that could also determine a champion from this season assuming this season does get canceled i wonder about that i hadn't thought about that until now that's great yeah i don't know that i think they probably would just almost make next season like a lockout shortened season and make the first two months but then you also got the competitive advantage that then the playoff teams have gotten two months. You have to have the other teams playing, playing too. Like you have everyone have to like, be playing simultaneously yeah. the same amount of games and everything. Yeah. But I just wonder if there's a way they could do it where where those first matchups of the first month of the season are like are essentially playoff matchups, and then just the non-playoff teams could all play each other for for a month and have it even out. I don't know. I have to think about that some more. It's it's definitely interesting, and uh, we'll we'll end it with this. Um, if yeah. if any other team um, wins it, um, I'm going to say it's fake news and it's going to be the biggest asterisk. But if the Bucks win it, I'm just going to say those are the rules. I can't. <laughs> I don't make the rules. I just I, I just follow them. But yeah, but could you yeah. could you live with that though? That any time you bring up 2020 champions, J- Jacob, you you, you guys uh, Jacob, we'll, we'll, with this, have news. you guys ever watched Game of fake Thrones? News. Like you know the gift, the Game of Thrones gift with Jon Snow, where he. Uh, he brings out the sword and like hundreds of thousands of like men on horses are coming at him. That'll be me every single time. And I'll, I'll welcome it. I'll be like, bring it. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right, guys, I got to get out of here. I know you guys got to get out of here. Appreciate everyone for listening. This will be up uh, Monday morning again, similar to how we've been doing it. And we'll, um, we'll try to continue to get more, uh, more content out for you. Um, I know Brett has, um, ask some good ideas. Like, should we do a mailbag? Um, maybe we'll drop our, our email address in the group. And, you know, I'm kind of thinking just to create mm-hmm. some, some content here. Maybe I'll be, um, 
I'll be Makai Pfeiffer and we'll do a, ba- a battle rap between Jacob and Brett. Like, I don't know. Like they have to, they have to, <laughs> they have to rap all, all NBA teams. So I don't know guys, but I uh, appreciate everyone for listening. Um, we're, we're glad to, we're glad to do this and we're really liking it and we appreciate all the support and shout out to TJ, especially in the, in the NBA ringer group for kind of helping myself, uh, Jacob and Brett out with, with some of this podcast stuff, because like I said, we're just, we're just basketball guys and we're, we're not techie guys. So appreciate everybody. Everyone check out the last dance. Hope to totally get your thoughts on it. Brett, Jacob, as always, man, you guys rock and we'll, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks guys. Later.